I picked an episode that was on Bigger Pockets. Actually, I was on Bigger Pockets a couple months ago, and in that episode, with the pre-episode stuff we did and the chats we had about what should we go live with you or what should we do on the podcast with you, Sam, and they decided to do scaling, which is you know I took the Burr method and changed it, which is kind of funny because Bigger Pockets is known for the Burr method. Yeah. We'll talk about that in this episode, but we're doing kind of repeat my Bigger Pockets episode about scaling because we have scaled our businesses, I think, pretty drastically. We have over two million followers on social media in about two years. We are going to flip 300 houses this year. We have a $40 million rental portfolio. So I feel like we have scaled mm -hmm. and this is an acronym that describes how to scale. You're listening to the Ordinary Guys Extraordinary Wealth Podcast. Hosted by us, Sam Prim and Lucas Walls. Investors, entrepreneurs, and best friends. Two millennial Midwesterners who started a real estate side hustle and now own $40 million in rentals without using any of our own money. Now we're two average guys teaching other people how to use real estate investing to create financial freedom and generational wealth. If you're ready to learn how to take control of your future using real estate investments the simple way and have fun while doing it, you're in the right place. Let's start today's show. Hello, welcome to Ordinary Guys, Extraordinary Wealth. My name is Sam. And I'm Lucas. And we have a fun episode for you today. I picked an episode that was on Bigger Pockets, actually. I was on Bigger Pockets a couple months ago. And in that episode, with the pre episode stuff we did and the chats we had about what should we go live with you or what should we do on the podcast with you, Sam? And they decided to do scaling, which is, you know, I took the Burr method and changed it, which is kind of funny because Bigger Pockets is known for the Burr method. Yeah. We'll talk about that in this episode. But we're doing kind of repeat my bigger pockets episode about scaling because we have scaled our businesses, I think, pretty drastically. We have over two million followers on social media in about two years. We are gonna flip 300 houses this year. We have a $40 million rental portfolio. So I feel like we have scaled. Mm -hmm. And this is an acronym that describes how to scale. So these yeah. are actionable steps so that anybody can scale any business really. This is kind of specifically real estate, but any business I think can use this scale pattern. Yeah, it's like we we were kind of just figuring it out as we were scaling, uh, and then you went back and like, what were the things that really did make us successful in scaling, and kind of put it um, some um, some measurable steps in place to help other people get there. So I think that's pretty cool, and made it like pretty easy to understand and remember an acronym. And yeah, it's super powerful, and I've changed it a few times. Each time I maybe change a letter or tweak it to make it yeah. even more impactful. So this is the most impactful up-to-date scale we got for you here at Faster Freedom. Yeah, and you uh, you mess with the uh, you know the all holy burr uh, acronym. So you switched the final R, which used to stand for repeat. Mm -hmm. You replaced that with an S. With right? an S, yeah. And that S stands for scale. And that scale is also an acronym. So what Each, is an acronym inside an acronym? Is that called something? It's called oh, that's double entendacum. <laughs> is that good? No. Double entendre? So, so you talking about me making up words? Well, that was a joke, Lucas. Remember the wit? Yeah. It's your wife's maiden, maiden name. name. Yep. Um, so yeah, so the bird method. We don't really need to dig. This episode is not about that. I don't know if we've done one on that, but we should. We will. Yeah. The Burr method stands for buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat. B-R-R-R-R. -R -R -R. It is a method to buy mainly single-family rental properties using other people's money. So, you know, buy a distressed property, fix it up using other people's money, get it rented, refinance it to get your money back, pull out the equity to pay back your initial lender, and then repeat. 
That's what was out there, and that's an incredibly powerful method. I think Bigger Pockets and Brandon Turner kind of coined that phrase. That method has been around for, I don't know, 50 years, yeah, 75 yeah. years. The method's been around a long time, but it's a kind of complex method, but when you break it down into five letters, it does make it easier. Mm-hmm. However, with me always trying to improve and make things better, and usually it's a good thing, sometimes it's not, the repeat just wasn't teeth sync inable. That a good one? Man. Yes. Enough for, for me. It's not actionable enough. Go back and do what you did. That doesn't really do anything. There's no point in even having that. So I think the point of it was to say that you could do it again, but I changed it to scale because mm-hmm. I think everybody listening, you included, everybody wants to create financial freedom and build more and create wealth. And the only way to do that is to do it bigger, better, faster, more efficiently, you know, make it better. So instead of a six month process, eventually it's a two month process. So you don't do two a year. You can do six, six a year. Good on math. That's why I got you here. So anyway, so yeah, we're going to go super deep into it. That's what she said. But I think that's just a kind of lay in the lay of the land that it is a process to scale and create wealth is why we made it. Yep. Awesome. You switched it out, switched the R out with an S Repeat to scale. So what the heck does scale stand for? All right, I'm going to break, tell you what each letter stands for, and then we are going to kind of do a dive into each of them and talk about how they've worked in our business. So scale stands for S, stands for systems, C stands for coaching, A stands for action, L stands for lead flow, and E stands for extra funding, which that is definitely, they're all actually super important. There's no, there's not one that's more important than the other. So Let's start out with the first S. So I'll kind of set it up and then you can whack it out of the park. So S and sales stands for systems. If you want to get better at anything in any walk of life, creating a system around it will help you become more efficient. The whole goal of scaling is to become efficient so you can do it quicker, so you can do more of it. So if you want to be better at rehabbing, Lucas, it's better to create systems around that, scopes of works and you know ways to get lean waivers from your your people, ways to pay your clients better, way to find more contractors. So creating systems around each step of the BRRRS method allows you to do it more and do it more efficiently, but it's not super fun. Creating systems is never fun. I don't feel like for me, some people love it. I don't. It's first, it's super important, but it's probably the least fun step, but you, you have to do it. If you want to get better at it, you can't be making notes on a napkin at lunch for your rehab budget every time. You need to create a Google Doc or an Excel spreadsheet. You have to create systems around the process, and you're kind of a systems guy, so dig into that a little bit. Yeah, so the, the part that I don't like, I, I love systems, and I truly believe they are you know, the most important factor to being able to scale doing things quicker, more efficiently, the more you do them. Um, the part that I don't like is like documenting the processes. That That's the part that gets old. But you don't necessarily have to document it at, at this stage of your career. I would just um, figure out the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it, and there's going to be some trial and error. There's going to be three houses that you go with the wrong contractor maybe, that you go with the wrong bank. But uh, try to limit that by getting awesome references from from other local investors first of all uh, but there is still going to be some trial and error but figure out what works and just keep doing that and um, the the system can be you know in your head for the most part just uh, and then once you get to a point where you got a team maybe start documenting stuff so uh, it's clearly communicated throughout your whole team but for right off the jump organization and some systems as it's it's really all you need organization is a good word for it but the 
okale isn't as catchy as scale. What did you just say? <laughs> like organization is a good way to say systems, but I couldn't use O C A L E. Oh, gotcha. Okale, yeah. get it? Yeah. So quickly, so systems around each um, step. So you you create systems around buying houses. You're yeah. going to buy more houses if yep. you create systems around finding leads, paying for leads, mm-hmm. networking with people. So yeah. create systems around buying houses. You'll buy more. Create systems around rehabbing. I think that's self-explanatory. Yeah, that's a big one. And then create systems around approving really good tenants yeah. and getting them with technology yep. or a connection. Creating systems around refinancing the small local banks, meaning the appraiser out there at the property. So there's systems you can do in each step that will allow you to maximize each letter because knowing and understanding is different. Knowing what letters stand for and understanding how to maximize them are different. Yeah. And your first five, your first 10, there might be some big changes in what systems you you do. But, uh, you know, we've done 270 of these things and uh, we're still making tweaks to our systems to this day. So we continue to improve, to put out a better product, to um, save more money on the rehab. So we're always looking for ways to improve. So um, that scale, that S in, in scale, uh, for systems is um, still very important to us. It's very important. I agree. Um, I got pee real bad, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold push it. through. I'm gonna push or through. or just go. I might might be a, a, a first. That'd be sick. Um, <laughs> you, you urinate on. No, oh, oh, you're pure. saying go right now. Yeah. I was gonna go to the bathroom. No, just go right there. Goodness gracious, walls. All right, C stands for coaching. This used to be community coaching. It can kind of be a few different things, but I, I want to keep this as simple as possible. Yeah. The more you complicate it, the less people are going to do it. And I want everybody to embrace this. So C stands for coaching. You have to lean on other people's knowledge. I use this analogy a lot because I think it's applicable, and I think a lot of people relate to it, and it's not really arguable. Who is the best quarterback ever? Tom Brady. Yeah, nobody really argues that. There's the LeBron-MJ argument in hockey Wayne Gretzky, but nobody really watches hockey. So everybody watches football. We've talked about that. So Tom Brady is the best ever, and he has a quarterback coach. He has a head coach. He has an offensive coordinator. He has like a strength and conditioning coach. He has that Guerrero guy, whatever he did for him, following him around. He has a mindset coach. He has a ton of coaches. He has like eight coaches, and he's the best ever. I'm not the best ever at investing in real estate. Sorry to break it to you. You aren't either. Nobody listening is. So none of you are as good at Tom Brady at investing or whatever you're doing, yet he still knows and understands the power of leaning on other people's knowledge, their experience. Whether it's free or paid, paying for a coach or getting a free coach is going to completely hyper drive. Is that the word? Hyper whatever. It's going to make you go a lot quicker because you're leaning on other people's knowledge. If, if you're going to put together a bike, we talked about in one episode, having directions and somebody coaching you through it, you're just going to get it done faster. Yeah, you're going to be able to... You're going to have to just grant on coach for like a minute while I pee. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, so I don't know what episode we talked about that bike. Was it buying more time? Was it that one? So yeah, the, the we talked about the analogy of uh, putting together a six-year-old's bike and how it comes in all these pieces and all these bolts. And um, the more you do it, you know, the first time you do it, takes you an hour. Second time, 45 minutes. Third time, half hour. So um, the more you do it, the more systems that are in place, uh, the more efficient you become. Same thing with the coaching. If you were to start off with coaching off the jump on that bike, instead of taking you an hour the first time, it might you might have did it half an hour the first time because you had a little someone to, uh, to help you through that. That's the same thing with real estate investing, business, mindset, leadership, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think it all starts with the humility 
and having the humility to know that you don't have to do this alone and you don't have to be the best at everything right off the jump. It's okay to lean on other people for guidance. There's always going to be someone better than you in some aspect of life. So to this day, you know, we, we are in multiple different coaching groups to continue to sharpen Sam and I's real estate investment skills and also our leadership skills and soft skills and uh, everything along the way. So um, we, we are huge believers in coaching and uh, we'll continue to be, it won't, it won't ever stop for us. We'll uh, continue to get coached even when we're the Tom Brady of real estate investing. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Um, and I think that I crushed it. Don't worry. Good. Paid um, coaching is the most effective by far. You can try to do it for free and be stubborn, but paying to be around other people or learning their skills or learning their path of a least resistance is impotent. Show notes below if you're interested in the mentorship. So, I've been peeing a lot because I've been drinking so much water. We talked about this last episode. I had two and a half. We we hired. We had a new hire dinner for our controller a couple of days ago. Two day, two nights ago, I drank two and a half Tito's, and I'm still like trying to get over that. We're old. We're old. We yep. are old. All right, here yeah. we go. So we got the systems. We got the coaching. Now yep. onto the A. Hey. The A stand. This is the most fun one by far, but it's probably the one that holds most people back. This is the one that the least amount of people actually do because mm-hmm. there's going to be tens of people, tens of tens of people listen to this podcast and there's, I have millions of followers, but so few people actually invest in the A scenes for taking action, going out and doing it because my students in my mentorship are more prepared than any other. I'm firmly believe that than anybody else and any other mentorship and any other students of any other program. However, they're going to learn 80% of it by actually doing it. You can only learn so much by watching videos, by being on coaching calls, by contacting people, by analyzing deals, by sitting behind a computer or even talking to people. You have to go out and make offers. You have to go out and walk properties. You have to go out and help manage rehabs. You have to go out and help approve tenants. You have to take action if you want to scale. And it's the right action you have to take. I feel like there's other people in the space that I've seen before that, you know, think going to networking groups every single night or every single week is going to automatically build your real estate portfolio. Um, So you got to make those offers. You got to build the relationships that matter, be intentional about what you want and not just go to, to hang out and network. And yeah, A is in the middle of scale, right? So we got systems, coaching, action, lead flow, and extra funding. But to me, I mean, it would be a lot better word if A was at the end because you got the systems in place, you got the coaching in place, you got the lead flow, you got the funding. Now it's time to go out and freaking take action. What else do you need? What else are you waiting for? You're never going to have 100% of the information, but you're going to know enough to make an educated decision and take an educated risk, and that's what this all is all about. And if you're against taking risk or you are analysis paralysis prone, if you can think of it, the fact that I've, you know, I don't want to take action, I've, you know, been studying for a year or two, you've already done more than 99% of the successful people that are taking action. So you're so much more prepared than most people. So just go do it. Yep. But action is kind of in the middle because, you know, this is the scales assuming you've already done it one time. So in order to, you know, you get your systems and you, you get your coaching, then go out and crush it and go out and take action. And then, you know, you can work by taking action on the lethal and the extra funding. But yep. action is, it's, 
one that doesn't need as much explaining as yeah. the other ones, but it's probably the most important ones. You can do all the other steps and never buy a house if you don't take yeah. action. And you probably can, the most mindset of the of the of the four, right? Yeah, where the other ones are more tactical. This and you, one. Yeah, and you, it used to be accountability by like yeah. action better, but you can, I mean, you can not do the other steps and take actions and still be successful. That's true. Yeah, so and it's the figure most it out along the way. Yeah, it's the most. That's kind of what we did for the most part. Yeah. At first, you know, we bought our first, our first, yeah, six years of, of investing, we probably bought, I don't know, $15, $18 million worth of real estate. Our last 12 to 24 months of investing, we've bought. 20, 25 million in real estate, 25 yeah. million, probably if you go to back two years. So yes, once you get everything in place and take, you know, we just took action at first and kind of figured it out. But once we figured out the systems, once we got the coaching, once we increased our lead flow, once we got our extra funding figured out, the action didn't stop. We were yeah. able to scale. That was just, the action was just that much more powerful at that yeah, point. Yeah, but we did a lot without, without this it. other stuff. Yep. Cool. All right. L stands for lead flow. So You've done the birds and we're on to scale. And again, this this works for any business. Any business needs leads. Any oh, business yeah. needs funding. Any business, business needs coaching. Yep. So this works for any business, not just real estate. But obviously, we're focusing it around real estate. So getting more leads is important in any business, any industry. And this is assuming you've gotten leads and done a deal. This is how to scale. So there's so many things you can do to increase the lead flow. And yeah. the last episode... Yeah. We just so if you this is your first episode you're listening to of us go back one episode and we the entire episode's on our favorite lead sources yep. so I don't want to you know repeat that too much even though you know a lot of people this is might be their first time hearing us chat but leads are super super important because it's a numbers game in real estate if you want to buy ten properties in 2023 on the count of three say how many leads you think you need to do that if you want to buy ten properties yeah. one two three one hundred. You screwed that up really bad. All right. Say that again. Oh, I can't. It doesn't. I was thinking offers. Oh. So you, you How know, many leads? So you'll need, wow. Um, yeah. Um, I'm assuming that you're going to be offering. How many houses? A, 10 houses next I would, year. Yeah. I would say at least 100, maybe 150. Well, I would say for most people's sources are, you know, yeah. they're, they're like boots on the ground. They're not just like getting a, a call because they're on TV. Yeah. So 100 A couple quick ratios, you know. For every 10 houses you offer on, you'll buy one. For every 10 leads you get, you'll buy one. Does that make sense? Kind of, yeah. So that's why I would just kind of <laughs> lump in the leads and the offers together, okay, assuming gotcha. it's a quality lead, so you're going to be yeah. offering on it. So the point was that we totally butchered. <laughs> if you want to buy 10 houses next year, I get that's an aggressive goal, but you're going to have to look at and probably offer on 100 houses. Yeah. Maybe less if you got really good lead sources, but just in generalities, it's a numbers game. So you yeah. want to fill up the top of your funnel to get down to a good distressed property that you're going to wholesale, fix, or rent. Whatever you're going to do with it doesn't really matter. For sure. But you need leads to do that so you need it's a numbers game you just need to get more leads in the yeah. pipeline so when we were executing the burst strategy when we just first started you know we were so focused on that that one we were working on and we got done with it we're like where's the next one gonna come from so we spent time after that spinning our wheels trying to find another deal and we did that for a long time until we got consistent lead flow yeah and we were able to monetize these houses in ways other than keeping them as the rentals. So that's what you guys can do too. If it's a, if it's a house that, um, or a lead that maybe doesn't fit your avatar for a rental, you can wholesale it you can rehab it. You can sell the lead. You can monetize in a lot of different ways. So, um, that's the point you guys are trying to get to, uh, once you're in this scale 
phase of your business. That's a good point. You can wholesale or you can be a bird dog and just sell the darn lead or get yeah. paid if, if the lead ends up being a buy. So yeah, so increase the lead flow. If you want to buy more houses, you're going to have to get more leads coming in the pipeline. And you know, if you create systems around getting more leads, ready to have your mind blown. If you, you, Here we go. I'm if you create systems around getting more leads, you're going to get more leads. If you lean on a coach that has some really quality sources, you're going to get yep. more leads. If you just take action and go try some different sources, you're going to get more leads. So they all stack on top Ooh. of each other as we build. I see goosebumps on your arms. Wow. Probably because it's cold in here. Probably. Turn I, the heat up, Jay Money. I've noticed, he's kidding. I've noticed that we have this show rated explicit as just like a safety net in case we say something stupid or yeah, inappropriate. We haven't or even cost. dropped like F word or anything. I, yeah, yet. we just I've said shit a couple of times. Hey. But we have this show rated explicit just in case we F up. So do we're we, not gonna purposely we, say the F word. Do we self-rate it? What? Do we self-rate it? Oh yeah, it? you can okay. self-rate it and then it runs That's through. a good catch-all yeah. just in case. J I C. Yeah. All right. So the last letter is E and that's extra funding. When yeah. I was going through this with our mentor Brian, he's like it should be F and I explained to him, you know, you've already got one deal but you Scalf. need Yeah, but you need but you do the E is important because you do need extra funding. You need multiple funding sources so it's extra. You need funding sources that are just going to be sitting on the sidelines and we'll explain it as well, but you need funding sources so you do need extra funding sources at every step along the way, which I'll give Lucas more goosebumps here in a second. But why don't you talk about the importance of extra funding if you want to scale? If you want to scale, you need extra funding and you need the E to spell the let the word. Once you talk about some sources of extra funding, and then we'll talk about, you know, or the importance of it, and then we can get into some sources. Yeah, there's there's so many parts of, of this business, and you don't want any one part of the birth strategy to be your uh, limiting factor or your bottleneck, uh, especially when it comes to capital. So um, you want to have as much capital as possible, and uh, that that's where we're limited. We got plenty of money we are limited on the deal flow, right? And that's just the way it is. And maybe that's cyclical. Maybe one day, you know, we'll be limited on capital and not the deal flow, um, which is fine. But uh, I personally never want to have money be the reason I can't take down a deal. Um, if it's an awesome deal and I can't buy it because of money or because of funding, whatever it is, You're gonna something's be crabby wrong. Man. You're going to be crabby man. Something's wrong. And we got we to gotta go raise more private lenders. We got to talk to more banks. We got to figure out a way to use other people's money. So everybody wins. They're getting a return on their money. We're buying more assets and not using our own cash. Uh, it's just super important. And you can have conversations with lenders. And I'm going to talk about the lenders you're going to need here in a second, but you can have conversations with lenders about deals that you don't have. Like you don't need to get a deal, then find a lender, get a deal, then find a lender, be out talking to these money sources, whether you have deals in the pipeline or not, just so you can get a feel for how many you can buy and how much funding you can get, because you're going to be buying distressed properties using other people's money if you're using the Burrs method. Yeah. So you're going to need additional funding sources at the buy, the rehab, and the refinance yep. part. So I'll do the buy, the rehab, you do the refinance. So the buy, the rehab, you need additional funding sources besides just one. You need multiple private money lenders. Yeah. Preferably you're approved at two or three hard money lenders. Preferably you maybe have home equity lines of credit on your personal house yeah. or on your other properties. There's a ton of different funding sources that you can utilize to buy and repair distressed properties, but don't just have one. Always be finding multiple funding sources so you can always at least take down these deals. And that makes sense even if 
you want to be able to wholesale them or flip them, just having the funding sources that take them down will allow you to get the most profit out of them if you're not keeping it as a rental. Yeah, and that's the that's the short-term money, right? Mm-hmm. We, there's a plan to replenish that purchase and rehab funds uh, within the next few months with the refinance. Um, so it's a short-term money. Uh, just for example, Sam and I on our rental business have somewhere in between probably about three-quarters of a million out, 750 grand at any given time. That means we have three or four projects we're working on in our rental business as far as single family Burris houses okay. at any given time. So that's the way I look at it and kind of figure out what your own threshold is. Maybe it's one project at a time. Maybe it's two, uh, maybe it's 500 grand, but uh, have some sort of threshold that you're personally comfortable with and then go out and figure out a way to get that amount of money in both rehabs and private lenders and hard monies, get that guidance limit. Um, The third bucket is the bucket we're kind of coming up against right now is um, the refinance bucket. So there's, we use uh, local, small local banks for refinancing. Um, All of these local banks, there's probably 40 in the St. Louis area that would uh, do these loans that that we like to do. But make sure you go to a bank that knows what type of loans that you're looking for and has the product for the BRRRR strategy. Get referrals from other investors that are doing it. Otherwise, you'll be just spinning your wheels with Chase or Bank of America. But they give us a guidance limit. And right now, Sam and I are, are bumping up against the guidance limit with one particular bank, two particular banks, really. So we got to go out and make relationships with, with other banks at this point. And that's where that extra funding comes into play. Otherwise, we're bottlenecked on the refinance stage of the birth strategy, and we don't want that. We're not able to pay back that purchase money. We're not able to move a tenant in or something. Uh, it holds up the rest of the process. Um if, if we're bottlenecked on the refinance. So we're going to go out and create that extra funding. Yeah, I think bottlenecking is the exact opposite of scaling. Yeah. It's slowing down. So if you yep. want to scale, each of these letters leads into that as well as the E, the extra funding. Obviously, you need more funding sources yep. for every step along the way that needs money if you want to scale and buy more houses. So I got a kind of unique wrap up before I get to the wrap up, Lucas. What's your what's your rant? I actually didn't write one down. I don't remember what I had. So yeah, you I'll two. do one today. I don't think we talked about this, have we? Have we talked about how difficult it is to watch the Cardinals yet? We have not. Oh no. man, that is that is so. Sam and I love the St. Louis Cardinals. And I think it's this. This applies to anybody that's a baseball fan because Bali Network took over Fox Sports yeah, around the whole country. I think it does. I think uh, whoever your local, um, specifically baseball team is that that you follow in the MLB. Sam and I love the Cardinals and they make it so challenging to watch a game live in in our market now. Um, You can't get the MLB app. They'll black it out. Hulu Live doesn't have Bally's anymore. YouTube Live doesn't, doesn't, YouTube TV doesn't have Bally's anymore. Um, We, I cut the cable cord literally like seven years ago a lot of people to have uh, it's been a long time and i've bounced between streaming platforms to try to find fox sports midwest which is now bally's and uh, they all got rid of it so there's there's really not a clean way to watch it you gotta log into the ba- bally's app under someone else's tv provider and that that just you know that's that's not the point or you have to have direct tv which is a freaking nightmare to deal with um so man so, so obviously when Bally signed the contract about Fox Sports Midwest, they got some exclusivity agreement yeah. to get more of a percentage of the revenue. Whatever was a money play, but it sucks. I but, guarantee But long term wise, that can't help, right? Well, I mean the, if I your mean, fans aren't able to watch it. 
what I've noticed, Lucas, and not really a rant is there's so many companies that you think just because they're big companies are ran well, but they're freaking idiots running a lot of companies. Not that the Bali people are idiots by any means. Maybe they are. But just because there's like this big, like there's so many companies that are big, that are small, that you've heard of, that have cool logos, that are just ran horribly just yeah. because they're a big business and, you know. Not focus on their customers. Too. Yeah, yeah. And like the NFL, there's a reason, and all sports, but the NFL specifically, we're talking about sports a little bit. There's a reason that the, um, Commanders now used to be the Redskins always suck. There's a reason that the Jets always suck. There's a reason that these teams every single year suck, even though they are getting the best draft picks, is because it's horrible management. It's horrible ownership. Like the owner of the New York Knicks, Dolan's apparently horrible. The owner of the um the commanders, that that guy's an idiot, apparently. I'm not just saying a lot of people say that. So there's a reason, you know, you, you I would I just think all NFL teams and all sports teams are ran extremely efficiently. Yeah. They all have great cultures, they all have great facilities, all they all have businesses. great leaders. Yeah. They're businesses and it starts from the top and there's these horrible owners and these teams never win because of it. So anyways, that was kind of a add-on to your rant that, yeah, just because Bally's is a big company and some of these owners are, you know, billionaires and, you know, they have all this money, that doesn't mean that they know how to run an, uh, a sports franchise. It's frustrating. It can be. Cool. Yep. All right. So if you want to scale and create wealth in any endeavor, specifically real estate, there are certain things you have to do. You have to prioritize things and have discipline and you have to take action and you have to do what the scale system is. You have to create systems get into some type of coaching, lean on other people's knowledge, take action, increase your lead flow and get extra funding no matter what you're doing. But specifically, if you want to create financial freedom through real estate, follow the Burrs method. It shows you how to buy, rehab, rent and refinance, but it also shows you how to scale. So it is quite the quite the whole catch-all little acronym within an acronym within an acronym. Wild, isn't it? It's wild. It's, it's like Inception. It's in like your hair is just is just standing straight up. I think that's just that's my just hair. how that's just yeah. how it stands. All right. If you enjoyed any of this episode, we would really appreciate you giving us a five star review. You don't have to, but be cooler if you did. He doesn't like doing that, but I'd appreciate if you guys would give us a five star review. Check the show notes for anything about any of our social medias that we have. You know, we have a mentorship and all that fun stuff. If you just enjoy listening to us mumble and fumble through this episodes and these episodes this is always fun as well too so if you enjoyed it please give us a five-star review and a rating and we would appreciate it see ya thanks for listening to today's episode we hope you got some major value from our conversation if you love what you learn make sure you like rate review the show and help us spread the word by telling a friend if you'd like to learn more about working with me inside one of my programs, we'll have those links in the show notes along with all our social media handles so you connect with us there for free. If there's a real estate question you'd like us to answer, feel free to send us a message and we'll cover it in an upcoming show.